This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Next month, the Ocean will release their eighth full-length, Fanriozoic 2, Mesiozoic, Seniozoic. In 2018, the Ocean released Faniozoic 1, Paleozoic, the first half of a sprawling but superbly cohesive paleontology concept album. Now the group is ready to release their eagerly awaited concluding parts of the Fanriozoic journey. Purchase your copies now at metalblade.com slash the ocean. Once again, Fanriozoic 2, Mesiozoic, Seniozoic. Purchase your copy now. Metalblade.com slash the ocean. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Good afternoon, everybody. Metal Sucks Podcast. I am your host, Petra Spych. I am always joined by to the right of me over here. Is this NPR? Is that what we're doing right now? (laughs) Good afternoon. Also, there's no time uh, in podcast land. Yeah. Good afternoon, everyone. Please, please follow your lead over here. Hello, my name is Brandon (laughs) Hahn. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And hi, I'm Sylvia. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's Sylvia. This is pissing me off. And make sure to follow our other co-hosts, Jocelyn Sharp, J-O-Z-A-E-L-Y-N Sharp, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. I kind of like it. Now we're back. Did you like it? I did. I wanted everybody to be like, what am I listening to? This week, guys, our interview is with Tommy Karavec from Camelot. We are here to promote his new DVD, Blu-ray, live album, I Am The Empire, live from the 13. It is coming out this Friday, August 14th. Guys, make sure you are pre-ordering it. Fantastic Blu-ray, DVD, great record. If you're a fan of Camelot, this is a must-own. But before we jump into my interview with Tommy, let's talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks News. Give me the fucking Who are we talking about? Give me the Let's go. Scott Ian. Let's jump with him first. Now, right on. How big is his dick? Wait, what? Sorry. What? Well, that's you wrote that in there. I'm good. <laughs> not knowing ever. I don't care. I want to know. All right. Thank is, you, Sylvia. Out of curiosity. Is it longer than his chin hair? Oh. oh. I'm going to say no because that, dude, that, that, that's that, the that's down to a stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, goddamn, I don't think he'd be a guitar player if he were having a dick that huge. I'm sorry. He'd be in a different type of profession. Scotty, and recently he was on a, um, which show? I want to make sure I promote it. Live from Nerdville, which is guitarist Joe Bonamesa's podcast, and he stated the following about backing tracks. He did kind of state that there are certain bands that made sense, but at the end of it all, the, the quote that everybody pulled out of it was, he thinks that on the ticket it should say, 70% of the show you're paying $250 for is pre-recorded, and it should say that on the ticket. So... I, I take that as kind of a, a jab to bands in our genre, like Kiss, Motley Crue. If you guys saw Motley Crue on the final tour, I mean, that was easily 70% oh, back in tracks. <laughs> like, oh, dude. I said Pete, Neil can, can't hit those high notes. I know, but I dude. mean, it is a lot of back in Watching, tracks. Watching. Not saying they don't they don't put it the effort into the yeah, pyrotechnics and the dancers. And, you know, and, and Tom, it's, Tommy it's, goes upstairs. It's still a good time, down, yeah. but yeah, as far as the sound of that show. Oh, dude. The best the, thing, if you guys want to yeah. entertain yourself, jump on YouTube, search Vince Neil lyrics and just <laughs> watching the videos of people, they'll put like quotations underneath like what yes. Vince is saying, and it's like because he's just he's just saying gibberish. He's so, would you rather have backing tracks or that? I think <laughs> I would have the backing tracks. <laughs> yes, so I'm, just, I would, I'm just saying. If if we're talking about that, then yeah, technology is gonna allow us to not look at each other as Vince Neil struggling on stage and enjoy well, then Motley that, Crue at 70. Dude, every pop band has to put that on their ticket right away. Well, like yeah. Every, I, what, I name, name a pop singer, even Beyonce. There's no way she can hit those notes while dancing as much as she does. It's impossible. Of course. But again, those shows are more like theatrical shows. I think, yeah. I think yeah, like rock if, shows. If you're watching like a Britney Spears show, yeah. like you know that you're going to be getting backing tracks. She's lip singing. We know that. Yeah. But there's 50 dancers on the stage. There's all... Like, I said it's almost like dance numbers almost like show tunes so pop i stay away from now 
metal, jazz, where musicianship very, very, very much matters, where the singing very, very, very much puts us in awe. Like we, we kind of, we kind of keep our people at a, a different level, if I may, than Britney Spears mm-hmm. as far as live performances go. Because they're not manufactured. These are guys that most of them, guys and girls, that grew up in the garages and mastered a craft and have to sound to a certain extent. Now, me, I agree with Scotty, and I I didn't go see Kiss on their farewell tour because of the, the ticket prices. I've seen Kiss many times. Which before. farewell tour? Well, the one that they've been okay. they're yes. on right yeah, now. Okay. Right? I did see them on their farewell tour with uh, Peter Chris and Ace Freely way back in two thousand and like two. I did see that. And they weren't to my knowledge, they sounded fine, but I mean, Paul I think, Stanley's voice wasn't what it used to be, obviously. That was like 20 years ago. Let's be totally honest. If you're going to go see Motley Crue and Kiss, you're not there to to be in awe of the musicianship. Mm-hmm. You're there it's for the nostalgia. Right yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, believe me, because you'll, you'll go to a Kiss and a Motley Crue. My favorite thing to do at both those shows, because I've been to both their live shows, uh-huh. is to, number one, feel amazingly attractive when I compare myself to everyone else. And then two, look at the tattoos. You got the the Motley Crue and the Kiss tattoos. There was one guy, he had a Kiss tattoo, and he cut like a hole in his T-shirt so everyone could see the tattoo on his back. It was a good tattoo? (laughs) What do you think it was, dude? Seriously. Was it great? I I think it was the cat. It was like a juggalo did it with his feet. (laughs) (laughs) Why would he want to show it off? Because, dude, I don't know. Maybe he was a general. He's going to get me some pussy. He was a general in the Kiss Army, I guess. I don't know. I wonder if it worked. Yeah. That was like his badge of honor. I did (laughs) tell you guys that at at the Kiss show that I was talking about, it was we went to San Bernardino Mm -hmm. um, over here. Did you feel attractive? No, yes. but it's cool because we're talking about Camelot and Iron Maiden played out there and Camelot opened at the same amphitheater I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And um, what ended up happening when we left the, the show was Kiss and Ted Nugent. I'm not lying. It was pitch black and all the cars. You guys have been to like shows of, I don't know how many people were there. Let's just say 10,000, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how cars are just at a dead stop for like 40 minutes to get out of the venue. There was a baby crawling between with the mom and dad saying, come on, come on, broken glass, rocks. And I'm like, keep up, baby. Right? And there's cars whizzing by it, and the mom's on the right. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was like one of the worst things I've ever saw. I'm like, I I wanted to go pick up this person's baby and be like, what are you doing? He was like, paging Dr. Love. It's a... a <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We'll just get, run through it. Run through it. God of Thunder. That joke was done by Brandon Hahn. You can follow you can me follow on, Twitter on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. Your buddy Gooch. Uh, did she pick up her baby? No, no. I, I mean, you, there's a point where you have to look away and say, I hope to God. You yeah. know, things work out for this child, and you just let him be because that's. Oh, we don't even know what happened. Nah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I know he crawled through broken glass for at least three or four car lengths after oh, I made a right. No. <laughs> you know, so, oh no! <laughs> so that's all I know. But uh, oh. when he was talking about the tattoos, I was thinking about what about the lady that brought the baby and, and, and that didn't baby, want to carry him in the parking lot. And that baby ended up becoming the new lead singer of Static X. <laughs> oh. No, that was a lie. I don't know. Uh, I just wanted. To, we we, I know still we don't have know. no way to Tech, prove that, yeah. but the, the time frame might have worked out. So, anyways, um, I no, I I do not like backing tracks when I see metal bands. I do not like it when I see the. The Rob Zombies or the Marilyn Mansons that have all them, the sounds. You expect them to be like raw and you yeah. know, uh, you know, grungy and all that stuff. Like you expect that. You expect the talent to come through. Right, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like when you go for the nostalgia, yeah. you're not there to see the talent. You're yeah. just there to make t- so you can experience how that band and the music and but the vibe makes you feel. Singing but, for like an hour and a half that it, it does a lot to the the vocal cords. Even though if you voc like you warm up vocally, mm-hmm. right? Like you, well, I'm saying it, like maybe you. Need help. I've well, seen like, Bruce Dickinson do it. And Bru- I mean, how old is he, man? How think, many times? Well, Bruce Dickinson, that's what I'm saying. Bruce Dickinson, after every show, you know, usually has tea with honey. Mm-hmm. You know, Vince Neil, we know what he was well, doing. I'm not after ta- the we're, show. We're, we're over Vince Neil. <laughs> you Neil. think he gave a shit about how his, how his voice was going to carry uh, on later on in the years? Like, I, the, I guess it, it depends on how the vocalist is taking care of his, the, of in, his you know, instrument. The industrial bands is, I guess, we're, we're kind of going with the Rammsteins or the Rob Zombies. Uh-huh. They ha- Nine Inch Nails. They have all, a lot of their record is backing tracks where you're going to have that. So it's very hard for me to differentiate when I see Nine Inch Nails do Piggy live and the drums go crazy even though you have, a, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to differentiate that. So I expect that from that kind of music. But if we're talking rock and roll, 
Mm. I'm sorry, man. I, I am not Whoa. on board with backing tracks. I'll walk away and feel like I just don't think lip sync is supposed to be in this game. I guess just to put an end to this conversation, do you think that the future of rock and metal is going to be space bars, backing tracks, and there's nothing that we should even try to do anything about it? Uh, effects on uh, the microphone. I, I mean, think, I know there's mm. effects where guys that growl, like they do the tickle screen where they're just like, Hur, and the, the microphone will just do all the hard parts yeah. for them. That happens. I've, I've seen bands do that, and I'm like, the guy's not even breaking a sweat yet. There's, But, that, see, but, that's, that's, my but that's still a talent that he's doing with his vocals. I, I do understand that. It's just not the, the level, yeah. the decibel level. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, when you look at it, when you go watch Technology a band, has kind of killed it. Like, when you go watch a band like the Red Hot Chili Peppers who doesn't, he t- you know... Oh, man, Anthony, he runs out of breath quick. He runs out of breath quick. And it's like, when you listen to his drive vocals, you're like, Anthony, please, Jesus, get a ba- backing but vocal here, track. Here, I disagree but, with but you. I, but I respect that, though, because that guy's also a big energy guy. Yeah. And, he, uh-huh. and he expels a ton of energy going out there. So, look, man, if you don't hit the notes, it's fine. Just do your job and pull the energy out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. When Anthony Kiedis or Mike Muir from Suicidal Tendencies are running back and forth and doing jumps after every lyric, every song, and they're out of breath, and it's like they're virtually jumping up and down nonstop, Forgiven. <laughs> like, just, I'm okay with that. I get that. it. I get it. But just like you said, or though, get like uh, an oxygen tank. When you have yeah. people, when you have bands that are putting those effects on their microphones, though, even though it's coming out live, it doesn't count as a backing track. The technology is doing all the work, so we can hold them in contempt as well. No, no. You know what what I'm mean? saying like, is that I don't think you can go back to those times. I think technology no, it's, has it's made it where backing tracks are a part of every genre of music, mm-hmm. and it's I, made people. It's made people that have very little talent have sound like they have talent sure you know just because they like the auto tunes and all yes, that stuff yes. I, I, i'm gonna say you can't fake talent no I, you can totally fake talent in this day and age with with what you can do with some of these tracks with what you could do on logic pro and how you can make things sound you can add am- amazing things to music nowadays with w- and without having to put into practice mm. hmm. i mean I, I'm just going to stick to, I think that like when it comes down to a live performance of like, yep. if we go to a pop singer, you got your Britney Spears who we just mentioned. We this know lip You kind of expect it and then you're you like, I'm your, going to pay for this. I, yes. I've seen Christina Aguilera live and you're like, there's talent there. You can't fake it. This isn't preference, you know? by the way. When yeah. I say this, this isn't preference. What I'm, I'm just saying like, this is where metal has been heading for a very long time. Since, since industrial got introduced with those sounds and everything like that, metal has been heading towards this path for a long time. And mm-hmm. now the younger people that are coming up, they're not going to grow up watching like a Pantera have their fuck ups, but still sound amazing. Like those perfect imperfections that we all caught at these rock shows. Well, the, they're going to miss out on the that. younger generation was actually born into like the internet and technology and like iPhones and that's Androids and all that stuff. So that that's all they know right now. They have right. to sound perfect. They, yeah. have to, they have to sound perfect. And, meanwhile, and plus with social media, yeah, they, they have to sound perfect because they're the, also get like tortured. Next story we want to talk about, guys. Um, this one kind of obvious to me, but uh, Mike Portnoy from Extreme Theater. God, he's got so many projects now. I don't know. Sons of Apollo is like I think his main gig. Winery Dogs, uh, Metal Allegiance, yada yada yada. The point is, is that he called the CEO of uh, Spotify a greedy little bitch. Um, <laughs> the reason he called him that <laughs> is because the CEO of Spotify, in essence. was trying to explain why all these artists were complaining about the payoffs they were getting from Spotify, all right? And he's like, well, I see a lot of artists, and they tell me, hey, I'm getting nice paychecks from Spotify, but you guys will never see that in the press. Um, In essence, he's saying, in order for you guys to get bigger paychecks from Spotify, you have to put out more content and more music. You can't put out an album every three or four years. That's an old format, and if that's what you're doing, you're not going to get paid well from Spotify, A series of artists kind of attacked them. Mike Portnoy is the one we're talking about. This is what he said. What a greedy little bitch. It's bad enough that he's worth billions based on stealing and giving away other musicians' music, but now he's suggesting we need to make more music for him to make more money. Fuck Spotify and fuck Daniel Ek. I have eight full albums released in 2020, and I will make peanuts on them, if anything at all. So his theory of artists needing to make more music to succeed is shit. F Daniel Eck, F Spotify, support the artist directly if you want them to be able to continue to make music. D Snyder also commented on it saying, while the listener benefits and enjoys Spotify, it's part of what's killing a major income stream for artist creators. The amount of artists rich enough to withstand this loss are about 0.0001%. Daniel Eck's solution is for us to write and record more on our dime. Fuck him. Sebastian Bach. 
follow that yeah. up with. Yeah, oh, it's not good until he gets I involved. Yeah. I wonder if he sent texts. I wonder if he wanted to punch somebody. <laughs> was there any violence being threatened? No, his comment is the follows. When this guy puts out an album himself, I will listen to him tell me about my albums. So he personalized it. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Daniel Eck was talking directly to right. Sebastian Bach. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then uh, every yeah. time I die is Keith Buckley. This is the last one we'll leave you guys with. He said, sure, on one hand, Spotify is vampiric and exploitive of naive talent. But on the other hand, 17 cents split five ways every six months is income I never would have earned had I not sacrificed years of my life to making the music found there. So who's to say really? <laughs> right. Okay. So pretty much, I mean, we've said it on the show. It's up to the consumer. You know, I do not have a Spotify account. I never did, and I never will because I I, I want to support the artist, and that's just my personal opinion. If you, as a consumer, prefer to have the easy route and have Spotify, yeah, man, then somebody will always create music for you. But some of those acts that you grew up with, they probably won't um, because they can't survive, especially during times like this in the uh, in like pandemic times and stuff like that. Spotify is not a solution to help the people that create. It and is also, a solution for the listeners out there that want things easy. And That's also, it. let us not forget that this also attacks quality. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know how many songs... Quality over quantity. That's yeah. what he's saying. Uh-huh. Do you know how many songs... Or quantity over quality. Are, ...that all of our favorite bands, full songs, front, you know, intro, chorus, the whole How night, long it yeah. takes. No, how many of those songs we will never hear because according to the band and the producers, those songs were such dog shit. I would never want my fans to hear that. Well, now... Those With songs, this guy. yeah. Now those songs that are that would hit the editing room floor. Now they're out for everybody to hear because, like, oh, we got to keep just making to money. get new yeah, content exactly. out there. We yeah, get it out there. We mm-hmm. got to ride this wave. Oh, we got to do more social media posts. We got again. And another thing that I, that I've seen happen is, I've always been a big believer that if you are a creative, if you are the one that comes up with the music and writes the music and um, the business side, you should struggle in. There's such a few, there's so few people that can actually put to, put together the business and also say unbelievably talented. Mm-hmm. Like that is a, that is such a small number. You want talented people to focus on creating. Well, when they're spreading their energy to different spots, again, that also takes away from the quality. It's, there's, there, there's too many things that get hurt by thanks to cunts that own Spotify, you know, and especially when they talk to their people like that, the fact that he can't come up with a better contract for the, for the artist. No, no, bring me more music, more content, more. Yeah. Put out two more albums this year and then we'll talk. I was like, it's not really, it's, it's not hard at all. That's what I'm saying. Do it. Yeah. And and that's why a lot of these artists too, they've said, fuck albums. We'll just put together some singles and just put that out there. Mm -hmm. But it's the equivalent to like, you know, in the States, at least Walmart, Everybody has these horrible stories of how they treat their employees, the things they do, and they're still people are going to go there. They don't care because well, it's if the, the consumer. Yeah, if the consumer wants uh, to look on the uh, you know the other, uh, put a blind eye to these things and not give a shit about the artist or like that, then that's that's See, the to consumer. Me, though, that's our but future. But I also, but I also look art, at it art like, is lessened in our society since since technology has well. That's come what I'm getting. At. Yeah, and you know, and you can blame the consumer all you want, but again, though, there there are people coming up that didn't have the choice that you made. They had to go buy their music. They grew up buying their music. They grew up going to record stores. These people didn't. Ever since they were five years old, they've had Apple Music. They've had Spotify. That's what they've grown up with. Mm-hmm. And now that generation, they're going to stay the same. Oh, nothing's going to change. Ne- yeah, yeah, you can't go back. I know that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm it's not like, saying you that, can go back. It's like that's why I look at I look at art and I look at movies and music and and all the the restrictions and you know mm-hmm. character arcs that they're taking away in movies these days. It's like it's incredible to me. Uh, watching how stagnant we have become as a society, we, we it, it feels like I don't feel like things have changed since like the it's mid two thousands. Art is exactly what this guy is saying. Just put it out there. But it's been like this it's for like a that. long time, well, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about artistically speaking. It's mm-hmm. like we have been stagnant for the past fifteen years. It feels like as a nation. Oh, you can look at. I think we've said it on the show. You can look at the seventies and be like, that band's from the seventies. You look at the eighties. Yeah. That band's from the yeah. 80s. Look at the nineties. That band's from the nineties. Early 2000s that bands from the early 2000s the last 15 years 
they just take those old looks. Yeah, <laughs> like that's nobody, it. Yeah. Sure. They there recycle is, them. There is not because then you have like the Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, and you have the uh, uh, I don't know there, whatever band is trying to be new metal. Exactly, they're, exactly, and they're using the same styles. Yeah. There is there has not been a stylistic change or a because uh, st- style is 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 what makes music really just push to the mainstream because everybody wants to look like a band or do whatever like that. We haven't had that for. Oh, 20 you had years. emo. Get the emo. Emo was in the early, or like I said, I think uh, up mid, into 2005. Mid-2000s, yeah, yeah mid 2000s, like mm-hmm. 15 years. You haven't had really much. So with that, I guess I mean Spotify is the future, right? I mean yeah. we can't really do anything. Nothing, yeah. nothing's going to go backwards. This is an evolution. Art will survive, but monetary gain on art, I don't think will. And that's the sad truth. I really think anybody, actors, musicians. 20, 30 years from now, the, the price and the value of that talent is just going to go away more and more because, unfortunately, technology can do a lot of work that it couldn't before. Yeah. So it's not mm-hmm. going to feel as special. And the consumer, the consumer doesn't seem to care about um, those things. And, I mean, on, t- and on honestly, top of that, too, look at thanks to the... They've moved on, man. Thanks to the internet. And this is the only positive I will say about the internet. Uh, you know, before artists and bands, they would go, all right, look, we got to go to New York. We got to go to L.A. That's where we're going to become a band, you know? And nowadays... Oh, scene? Yes. Yeah, and now mm-hmm. scenes all over the place mm-hmm. are, like, kind of hitting on hard times. I'd, I'd say probably except for Austin, maybe, like Austin, Texas. Uh, the Texas area has a lot of rock metal bands coming out of that okay. area. But uh, but as far as, like, bands coming out of L.A., and it's, it's, not, it's not what it once was. Mm-hmm. No. Not at all. So with all that doom and gloom that we had about the Spotify and the future of art, let's jump into our interview, guys, with Tommy Karavec from Camelot. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Tommy from Camelot. We are here to talk about their new Blu-ray, Camelot. I am the Empire, live from the 13th. It's coming out August 14th guys so make sure you're pre-ordering i got to check out this show now tommy um we will talk about the guests that joined you guys in a moment but how much time and preparation went into the creation of this live performance and dvd and when did you guys start thinking about having to make this happen i mean it's been a work in progress for um i would say a couple years um it's been i've been in the band since 2012 and and we have three releases and it was uh, it was just about time to to let everyone see and hear what the new Camelot was all about, and and, and uh, we've been working on the live performance and uh, a lot, you know, with the connection with the people that make sure that everyone that goes um, that comes to the show and leaves at the end of the night brings something with them, like an interaction of some sort, and a push of energy or or uh, something you know mm-hmm. emotions so that's what we wanted to to do and we yeah we planned it for quite a few years and then uh, it was finally uh, staged a couple of years ago here in um, Tilburg yeah so and that's something I wanted to ask uh, Tilburg was the location that you guys did select now to get all the people that you got all the guests was it uh, was that part of where you selected to do the DVD because it seems like uh, you, you got um, everybody that you know. You guys have worked with for your Charlotte from D Lane, Alisa. We just talked about from Arch Enemy. Um, Elise from Amaranth was in there. Um, Lauren from Once Human. So you got a lot of people involved. So was the location helpful to get them all on schedule for the, that one performance? I, I would say first and foremost, we chose the the, the venue because we we love the venue. We love uh, the Dutch. Uh, support that we had to, through the years. It's been a really strong place for Camelot um, geographically. And uh, so, you know, I don't know, 10, 11 sold out shows prior to that show. We, it just helped us, helped us make our minds up in a way. Uh, but then, also, of course, it's close to Amsterdam and it's easy. It's a big hub and it's easy to get people uh, to, uh, to be there physically. Now, was there anybody that you wanted to guess that could not make it? Because scheduling is always tough with musicians. No, we got everyone. And that was, that's kind of the, one of the amazing things uh, with this DVD. We got the people that were on the on the albums originally. And um, so that was awesome. I mean, there's, there's 
a DVD, uh, the, the, the last DVD with the, uh, that Camelot did uh, was, uh, had a, a different guest, which was also cool because then we could, for the, the songs, for example, March of Mephisto, we could use um, Lisa uh, this time around, which was really cool. Yeah, dude, uh, it was it was awesome. One thing that's great about the DVD performance that I saw, you guys did show uh, fans. You know, there's like a segment there, and there was a whole fan base of guys from Italy. Did you see that segment on the DVD? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, that flew over and just loved you guys. And they're they're all uh, a little bit older, I thought, but I thought, wow, your fan base really reaches out. I mean, to to such a large audience. Is there is there any point when you're watching the fans talk on that DVD where you're like, wow, man, this is this is really surreal for me? It's always been surreal to me, to be honest. Like I'm um, I'm I'm always blown away by the support. Like I don't think much about it when I'm when I'm at home and I'm working on music and you know, like but then we would get out there uh, to tour or to play festivals we it's just amazing i just get blown away every every single time it never gets old for you growing up because uh you know everybody is first a fan they usually get the bug early and then they grow up and and they get to live their dream like you're you're living right now what uh vhs or dvd performance do you think you watched the most in your life growing up oh that's an easy one uh it's gonna be it's michael jackson oh wow uh, yeah I grew up listening to pop and, and actually every every music style. And uh, I was a late bloomer when it came to metal. I think I started listening to heavier music when I was around 17, 18, maybe. Mm. Uh, but for sure, it's uh, Michael Jackson uh, the day on the Dangerous Tour. I think it was '93, um, live in Bucharest. That that one I have on VHS, and that that one I can't even played anymore because it's been played so many times oh that's awesome no i, I remember that uh, vhs coming out as a matter of fact yes dangerous was we're about the same age dangerous was like the michael jackson era that i remember so vividly right. of when like i just remember the video with uh, michael jordan and i was like wow you know i mean as, as small as it is but that was the uh, the eddie murphy video like in egypt it was Oh, yeah. That was my era, man. Black and white. Yeah, that video too. That was that was our era. But um, that's crazy because he always had rock and roll kind of. I know he was king of pop. I get that, but he always had the rock and roll element to his uh, to his energy. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, he had. If you listen to uh, uh, Black or White, for example, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just. The whole thing with Macaulay Culkin in the beginning, they're just cranking up the speakers, you know. <laughs> it's it's cool. It's kind of a yeah, it's a mixture. And and I think many people have Thriller as the main kind of the biggest release or the biggest album. But I I, I came in when it, when Bad was when I heard Smooth Criminal the first time, which also has kind of a that vibe, you know. And uh, Man in the Mirror and all those songs dirty diana yeah. it's just amazing amazing songs amazing songs let me ask you this because i never saw michael jackson live he didn't tour a lot when i think i was actually performing or actually going to concerts did you ever get a chance to see him no i was gonna i was gonna go to um uh england to see this is it mm. but that never happened yeah obviously yeah i never got to see him which is probably also adds to the mystery very true. Um, yeah, because if you see uh, a live performance and it's not as tight, yeah, it does. It does affect the thing. I did get to see of the '80s pop stars because I'm a. I actually on the show all the time. I tell people pop music in the '80s and early '90s was very, very inventive and amazing. People like Prince, Peter Gabriel, Michael Jackson. It's it. It doesn't compare to I think what uh, came later. Uh, do you agree with that, or is it just because I'm nostalgic? <laughs> it might be a little nostalgic, but I think yeah. I think the. I feel like the status that these people also uh, achieved because there was no you, there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook. You, there was just you know first it was a mixtape that was passed around, or it was a CD, you know. But you you didn't know much, you couldn't read much, and I don't know. It's it just add add to the mystery of, for example, Michael Jackson or Prince. It's just like you heard some rumors, but. 
you know, it added to the music somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the music, the quality of the music was amazing. You know, it was you just gotta love the '80s too. I mean, <laughs> horror <laughs> movies and, and pop music. I'm all about the '80s. I'll, I'll, I'll watch slashers all day, man. I, I got no no quarrels for that. <laughs> but uh, I gotta tell you, and, and you said it though. But the mystique of artists, like um, them not being attainable, um, did really, really make rock music very um mysterious um i feel like you're right that that's kind of gone away in the last few years just because uh you know of of probably like the internet yeah so but that was something that i don't feel like i've noticed happening too often anymore i feel like tool still has that like when i saw them live it still had that mystique to them well yeah i mean live i also think the whole thing around an artist you know if you know everything about what they eat for breakfast and you know, like it's a, it takes the, it's somehow it's not mysterious anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, people do, people do it different ways. And I, I you know, to each their own. Uh, but um, I'm, for example, I'm a, I'm a very private person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, so I, I kind of, that's, the, that's the norm, normal for me. I don't necessarily need anyone to know everything that I do, but, but, um, uh, yeah, I see a lot of you know when you look at Facebook and, and Instagram, you see you see people know everything about everyone, and that that's I don't know, maybe not my cup of tea. It's uh, I've talked about it a couple times, and it, it, it what it is is that there's a fake life and a real life, and if you're trying to live digitally, I feel like your your, your identity kind of leans more towards the fake life because it's like what I show you is real, but in actuality it's not. And it's a very confusing thing for the mind. So a healthier psyche is always like, no, this is my real life. And this is just, you know, me saying hello every now and then, which is something that you're, I don't know if people growing up or I don't know how the future is going to be. If if people are going to be more interested and take what's on the internet, uh, their digital imprint, I guess is the word. Uh, more seriously than reality. I, I don't know, but it, it feels like it's possible at this stage because the consumer kind of seems to want that control. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll Interesting. See. Interesting time. Yeah, it, it definitely is. So I do want to talk about, um, I feel like in, I, I did get to interview uh, Thomas Youngblood when the shadow theory came out, he got, it was on the show and I feel like we talked a lot about the, the concept behind that record, but the record, um, did you guys get to complete the touring cycle or did it get stopped a little short because of the COVID thing happening right now? You know what? It was. It was. We were really lucky, mm. to be honest. Uh, we we didn't have a lot of things planned for this for this period of time when it comes to live uh, shows because we knew we were gonna work on the next album, which is you know. So we had this kind of uh, time planned for that. So we only had to move the South American dates that we were gonna play. Um, so that's that's basically everything. That's all we had to move. Uh, so they got rescheduled for next year, early next year, or, or uh, spring next year. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we, we're actually in a really fortunate position. We are working away on the album as we speak. And, um, yeah, it's just a really weird time for music in general. I see a lot of my colleagues struggling. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. It, absolutely. And, and um, one thing, I, I mean, I, I did... I, I do know for two things about musicians. A, um, they know how to survive somehow. It's very hard, but they always figure it out because they learn the struggle earlier on. But this is something completely new because it's a time frame where you don't know um, what the change is. So I, I do feel that exactly can end a lot of bands. And I do feel a lot are going to end. I hate to say that, man. But, uh, you know, do you think that in the future a lot of metal bands and stuff can do that part-time? And then just have to have focus on another career because of uh, what we're experiencing right now. Yeah, honestly, I think like most of the people I know have a second career, mm-hmm. uh, and all and and had. I mean, it, it's very tough to make it in the in the music business nowadays. It's you you um, uh, you really have to grind. It. Most bands have to grind it out. But um, so yeah, I was. I was doing that for a long time. I was working as a firefighter at the same time, but for for a couple of years now, I've been only doing music, basically. So, 
uh, and that was a big, big jump. It was a big leap for me to take because I've always been uh, thinking safe, being safe, and you know, having to have my stability and everything. It was a, it was a big thing for me to not have that anymore. But uh, and now COVID hit, so <laughs> we'll see what happens with it, with everything coming up. It was uh, it's definitely a, an interesting, interesting time for musicians and, and uh, entertainment uh, people working in entertainment. Absolutely. And, uh, for, you know, for a lot of us, like you were saying, the stability's there. Um, the moving parts to a musician is, is completely different, but same thing, you know, if, if, if we took three months off, let's just say the majority of us, like a lot of bands are having to take much more time than that, it, it wouldn't work out. You know, we would have to really figure something out. And, and that seems to be the world right now, which I, f- I find, uh, I don't know. There's a certain point, I guess, where, you know, finances and and stability outweigh almost anything to your self-worth you know as a human being uh, a certain age i feel you know and uh that's the most uh the tryingest thing for i think a lot of people mentally right now is that like they're going to be like where do i go from here you know i feel like ageism's always been a big thing like people that are above the age of 60 that have to start over now i feel like you know where do they go from here i feel like that's the scariest part to me and that we as a society have to figure out how to take care of those people um, somehow in a, in a way to give them opportunities we normally wouldn't. Um, but, you know, this is just thought process. Do you agree with any of that? I mean, it, I mean, because, I don't know, I feel like I'm very fortunate to where I'm at, so I don't have much to complain, so I, I kind of focus on where I can help, you know, without telling people how to live. Right. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it, it's a, a time for everyone to just kind of, for most people, at least, to to reinvent themselves a little bit, like also to, uh, I mean, it gives you, it gave, gave me time to think of what I really want to do. I mean, it's it's been constantly just, you know, plowing through every every next thing all the time, and, and also planning like there's, like like there's um, just gonna be continuing, you know, like everything is just continuing as it always has. You, you, I didn't even have a thought in my mind that, that something like this could happen. Mm, yeah. uh, so I, I just feel like, for me, it gave me a little bit of breathing space to think what I really want to do and what I really want to say. Uh, as, as, you know, as an artist, it's, it's easy to just take on things. Or for me, I've been just taking on things because that's, the, that's what I was doing. That was... That was the the whole that was my world you know like uh, someone asked me do you want to do this and then if I you know even if I didn't have time I said yeah let's do that <laughs> and now now I, I feel like I, I can focus more on one thing and I can can do and say what I really want to do let's say which is great excellent excellent and uh the great thing about what you just said is that during this time one of the first things you did was that was very positive for us fans that we saw is that you did get married congratulations by the way um to you and 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 your wife cobra now now you have but now you have three vocalists your your sister as we all know jenny she's in she sings uh a lot in seventh wonder which we're going to touch on here in a second and now you got Cobra and you. So when you guys go to karaoke in the future, are you just going to annihilate the entire place? <laughs> oh, I think you would never hear me sing karaoke ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wake too much. Uh, I have to be prepared for, for things usually. But uh, there's Michael my Jackson. There's Michael Jackson. I'm just. Oh, kidding. that's true. <laughs> but go ahead. Just go ahead. Yeah. No. No. My sister is. Uh, She's the singer of karaoke's, mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, yeah, I have to be super drunk. I think. <laughs> hey, me and you both, but at least you'll sound good. I I do not. I do not. So I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. So. <laughs> uh, I can do Dirty Diana. I'm telling the world right now. I can do it drunk at karaoke, even though um, uh, I won't do it sober. That's for sure. I just I can't do it. I can't do it. I yeah, feel, I feel weird. Would, Cobra and Jenny. Cobra and Jenny would kill it. I would probably be. I'd probably do a terrible job, to be honest. <laughs> Dude, awesome. But uh, so I do want, like I, I mentioned, I do want to touch base on Seventh Wonder. You, you guys just put out a fantastic record a, a year, year and a half ago, Tierra. 
Um, and I do want to talk about that band because I've been a, a huge fan since Mercy Falls for me. So it's been a, a minute for me. But that was the last concept record you guys did. And then you mm-hmm. came back with Tiara and that was the a concept record as well. Um, can you touch base and tell me a little bit about what Tiara was about and all that stuff for the fans? Yeah, I mean, ever since Mercy Falls, we kind of wanted to do it again because mm-hmm. we love... It was me and Andreas mostly that wrote the storyline. Or it's only me and Andreas, the bass player, uh, that wrote the storyline together and, um, and the lyrics. So it was just very, it was a lot of fun making it that way. Uh, now it was uh, 10 years later, I think, uh, and we decided to, we had a little uh, break due to Camelot and due to my. Uh, my uh, other things that I had to do, so so they everyone's just stoked, you know, to start writing again, and um, yeah, we just we just thought, why not do another concept? We had a, a kind of a loose concept um, in our heads already. So yeah, Tiora is about I don't know, it's it's kind of a we you know the way we see the world today, it's kind of a uh, we're. we're egocentric uh, if you look at the human mm-hmm. being as it, and totally generalizes <laughs> everyone uh, it, it, we're kind of getting more ego we're more fast paced fast spinning you know everything is just about surface and me and me and, and uh, less about the traditional values of like family and, and uh, being a good person I feel like, or we felt like, like it's going the wrong way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just had this, it's, it's totally fictional, uh, the story, but you can, it's something that we felt, why not do something about this, that we were destroying the world, we're using up all the resources, where, uh, you know, just everyone thinks short term, and um, kind of, Kind of make it about that, you know. So it, it's actually—I uh, don't know how much I should tell me tell you about what it actually is about, because we kind of want to leave that to people. But um, open to yeah. interpretation, yeah, for them. It, and a little people. bit. I mean, it's not—it's not only about aliens, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a, a, an entity looking down on on us. Whether that's someone thinks that's God, or is, if it's something something else it's different for everyone i feel feel like but telling us that we've kind of we're done we're we're, our right to live has been uh, suspended because we cannot treat treat each other good or we cannot treat uh, mother earth good Mm. so um, so that's kind of they come down to earth and say we we have uh, we're going to destroy your planet and then that's where where the different stages of humanity takes takes place. Uh, first denial, and then you know it's problem solving, and and uh, yeah. So it can, that's kind of the the synopsis, and then what humanity needs to do to survive. Dude, and and I like you. You do make us think. Is because that's something that's very very true. Is that there was a time, and I know people are very not into religious things, but when, when, if we say God, let's just say that as a metaphor for, you know, yeah. the the one above us. Many generations were like, okay, we're just following His plan, and they can live their life and be like, let me do the right thing with other people. When you take that out of the equation, and I'm not trying to sell religion to anybody, I'm just saying this. When you take that out of the equation. And it's not his plan, it's your plan. It's just about me, it's just about what I can get away with, it's just about me, it's something like that I don't have to answer to anybody. When that mentality takes over a entire, I guess, um, culture, right. then we, we, we tend not to we tend not to have the de- same definition of love as other people have years ago. And, uh, and it's still, it's, we still feel it, but it's a different feeling and it's lesser, you know, because we feel like, I don't know, a different place. And, and, um, I had a conversation with a religious guy who was trying to tell me the importance of religion and all that stuff. Cause I'm not anti-religion. I never have been my whole life. I, I truly believe that there's uh, a lot of great in, in religion and all that stuff. Do I think organized religion is good? No, I don't think, you know, people yeah. 
getting their money taken away to, for some pastor is good. But the point is, is that I've always, yeah. I've always, and I hope this doesn't sound horrible, but I've always kind of made up my own world in my belief system to be a good person. Like it's, it's, it's all fiction. My, my love of life is, is always been fiction, but it's always been a fiction that has been positive because I have that control. Right. Um, so, I I don't know this we we get this is your album's fault I'm blaming Seventh Wonders Tiara but uh, <laughs> we get uh, we get to a point where um, I don't know like like you said it's kind of we get to a point where I, I don't know what the next revolution is but I hope it's a spiritual one if if that makes sense without being too religious like is that fair for oh, what you say totally I think spirituality doesn't have it's not doesn't have you know religion it's, it's separate yeah it, yeah it's about what it is to everyone like it's it can be it's different for everyone mm-hmm. what spirituality is and what uh like i also i also think that you know there's more to to things than what, what we, the eye can see for example like there's more there's things we cannot explain but uh and there's this this is kind of universe working together in a way um energy i believe in energy mm-hmm uh, for example, like, uh, and and it's different. For, some people might call it God. I call it something else. But it, it's. I think that's an, important for people to to be able to believe what they believe, and um, not necessarily call it religion all the time. You know? I I completely. That's completely worded exactly how I feel. And and energy for me, like I've always believed in it. Like you said, when I had my first kid. Um, and you walk towards him with a positive energy, no crying, tears are gone, everything's good. But if you had a frustrated day and you walk towards him, he feels nothing but that. That's communicating with that human being. I realized, wow, this is all what I bring into him when I step at him. It was a crazy like thing for me to realize. I didn't realize that prior. Um, yeah. Because the, yeah. You know, the baby doesn't speak, but if he feels that warmth just walking up, there's proof positive that energy... Um, human energy one on one is is a, uh, there's more to it than the words that we live and die by. If that makes sense, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So with that, man, I do want to I do want to see because we you did talk about Camelot. You guys are working on new music. We know a release date's not in the future, but uh, how far along are you on? Uh, would you say on the process of uh, maybe getting songs to demo or something like that? Uh, we are we're kind of far down the line to be honest. We we have a lot of lot of uh, music written, a lot of ideas. I think what we need to do right now is to uh, uh, is to kind of pick and choose what we want to. You know, we might have uh, we have too many songs. You know, too many ideas. We have to kind of narrow it down, and uh, that's a, that's a really good it's a really good uh, place to be because that's now usually where we are. Um, at this point, so that, that's that's better. It's we're further down the line than we usually are, um, so that's really good. And we have, you know, it's cool because you you start seeing everything shaping up. Like you know, uh, we've always been adamant about having having a story, like not necessarily a, the, the lyrical story, but a story where it feels like a roller coaster. You know, like it's not too many of one type of song. It's always Moving and and shifting in uh, shape, so it's kind of like a like a like a journey or a movie, where you you know mm-hmm. you want to have something that grabs people and then you want to have it something different and, and the action at the end, you know. Mm. If that makes sense. Oh, dude, no, I, I it does. It's like an emotional roller coaster for the listener. Um, exactly. Throughout the exactly. throughout the the records, yeah, and and you know the last three that you guys have done, that's uh, that's what you get from them. You're very strong records, some of the be- the best, if not in my opinion, of Camelot's career. But you know some of the best stuff you guys going. So riding into the fourth one, I'm very excited with the format, the team, and everything that's happening. So that's great news. Now, can I maybe get an update as a fan of Seventh Wonder? Are you guys working on anything on that camp right now? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, we kind of we played a few shows on the last album, Tiara, and uh, mm-hmm. 
everyone was kind of like, holy shit, this is so much fun. Prague Power, right? So, you guys were out here in Vegas? Or I'm in Vegas, but you guys were out here in Prague Power. Is, am I correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was the last show we, we did. Mm. And uh, it was an amazing show. Mm. I mean, it was. it's always been really good playing Prague Power for us, but this was, I feel, it's like a special... Just It was just good. Everything just worked out. And, and it was the last show of, of the mini tour so to speak it was just really cool to have everyone there um but uh, yeah we're working on songs i think we have maybe seven or eight songs um so all i have to do is start writing lyrics and, and melodies um and that usually takes a while but um so it definitely there will definitely be another album down the line for seventh wonder which is uh uh, really exciting oh yes absolutely that's great news man that's great news so fans fans Camelot record is almost there they got too many songs that's always great and then Seventh Wonder <laughs> we got another one in the future fantastic and I don't want to leave out I know it's not your project but you've been guessing on Arion for a long time the Arion Universe DVD your performance was captivating to say the least I loved it so I, I do want to touch base because there is a new release uh, coming out yeah. here in a couple months. I don't have the date written down. I do apologize. But you are on the new uh, record as well. Is that correct? That is correct. Mm -hmm. Today, there was two songs released from that. Two singles. The first two singles from the new Arian album, Transitus. So people can check that out if they want. Um, one is a duet with, between me and uh, Cammy Gilbert from uh, Oceans of Slumber. Oh, nice. And the other one is actually kind of a duet as well. It's, it's uh, between uh, Dee Snyder, which plays my, my father on this album. It's also, a, you know, uh, a story like all the uh, Arian albums. There's a, there's a kind of a rock opera. Uh, but uh, he plays my father and uh, uh, yeah, he's kind of telling me too. To, to go F off in that song, which is cool. I mean, it's kind of an oxymoron, to be honest. Like, he plays my, he's parenting me. They're exciting, man. So, I mean, Tommy, been a fan for so many years, dude. I, I went past the 30 minutes just a little bit, not too bad. Um, but I do want to promote everything one more time for the fans out there, all right? First off, guys, I'm telling you. They sent me the early link. I've watched this thing three times. Camelot, I Am the Empire, live from the 13. It is out August 14th. It is a fantastic, fantastic DVD. You guys knock it out of the park. It's truly, all the guests that come in, you, never, you don't know where they're coming. All the songs that you want to see live that you don't get to regularly see live with the guests, it's all on there, guys. So if you're a fan of Camelot, this is a must-own thing, guys. August 14th, make sure you're pre-ordering it. Everybody, I want to promote one more time, if you haven't, Camelot's The Shadow Theory. It's been out for a little while. Make sure you're picking that up, pre-ordering it. Fantastic record that they've been doing. Seventh Wonder's Tiara. If you guys haven't checked out Seventh Wonder, I'm going to say go, go to Mercy Falls and then roll all the way up. Great Escape Tiara. All three records to me are fantastic. Now, there's records before that, Tommy. I'm just being honest. That that's where I started, so I stayed there. But uh, <laughs> make sure you guys are checking out Seventh Wonder. Fantastic band. Um, I, I, one of my, you know, one of my favorites when it comes to progressive music. And then Arion's new record is coming out, guys, this fall. Arion Universe DVD is out. So, Tommy, you're all over the place. Like you said, this COVID thing slowed you down. <laughs> we just promoted yeah, like seven good, things. Right? Thing. I think it's a good thing. If people might just get sick of me, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm putting in the handbrake. <laughs> just calm it down for a second. You got all the media they need for the year, my friend. You enjoy. Congratulations again from all us metal fans. You enjoy your new marriage to Cobra Page. Everybody make sure you support Cobra and the Lotus as well. With that, Tommy, I want to thank you so much, dude, for calling into the Metal Thanks, Sucks sir. podcast. That's awesome. Thank you.
Metal Sucks Podcast.
Metal Sucks podcast. Right, guys and we are back first song you heard is off the live blu-ray dvd i am the empire live from the 13 it is coming out august 14th that's this friday guys make sure you're pre-ordering it check this thing out it is awesome that song that you heard is phantom divine shadow empire and that's featuring lauren hart of once human second song you heard you heard me and tommy talk about it that is from his band seventh wonder that track is called the ever ones and that latest album tiara came out i think a year year and a half ago is out now if you guys haven't checked out seventh wonder make sure you do that and the third song you guys heard is from the newlyweds yes tommy's wife cobra page cobra and the lotus that song's called get the fuck out of here in their latest album evolution is what that track is on congratulations to both tommy and cobra on their nuptials and make sure you support all the music guys that we played on this show great bands great albums for sure with that, I want to thank everybody out there who keep giving us that good old five-star review on the Apple iTunes. You guys are the best. That's all we ask for as a podcast is a simple click on that Apple iTunes, five stars. That's it. Nothing else. Don't even need comments. Yeah. Don't care about that. That's Just the five-star. Yeah. We see that little number rise. We get happy. And also want to thank all you guys who are supporting our other podcast, our documentary podcast, Rise to Offend. We got plenty of episodes out there, guys. Make sure you go check it out. Rise to Offend on any podcast app. See what artists we're tackling, documentary, and see if you're into it, man. With that, until next week, all you great people out there, NPR out.
The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.